you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Welcome to 13 Nights of Halloween, a Straight Up Enigma's exclusive mini-series. For 13 days leading up to October 31st, we're bringing you bite-sized, terrifying tales to help satisfy your creepy craving. If you enjoy these short, spooky stories, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps others find our show. Without further ado, let's begin tonight's eerie episode. Today's mini-episode is a reading of E. Nesbitt's Uncle Abraham's Romance by Jennifer from Haunted Happenstance, an incredible podcast that's part of our Straight Up Strange Network family. A big thank you to Jennifer for contributing to our 13 Nights of Halloween series. If you like our show, you'll really enjoy the spooky tales on the Haunted Happenstance audio drama, so be sure to give them a listen too. Without further ado, let's begin. Uncle Abraham's Romance No, my dear, my Uncle Abraham answered me. No, nothing romantic ever happened to me. Unless... But no, that wasn't romantic either. I was. To me, I being 18, romance was the world. My Uncle Abraham was old and lame. I followed the gaze of his faded eyes, and my own rested on a miniature that hung at his elbow chair's right hand, a portrait of a woman whose loveliness even the miniature painter's art had been powerless to disguise. A woman with large, lustrous eyes and a perfect oval face. I rose to look at it. I had looked at it a hundred times. Often enough in my baby days, I had asked, Who's that, uncle? Always receiving the same answer. A lady who died long ago, my dear. As I looked again at the picture, I asked, Was she like this? Who? Your, your romance? Uncle Abraham looked hard at me. Yes, he said at last. Very, very like. I sat down on the floor by him. Won't you tell me about her? There's nothing to tell, he said. I think it was fancy mostly and folly, but it's the realest thing in my long life, my dear. A long pause. I kept silence. Hurry no man's cattle is a good motto, especially with old people. I remember, he said in the dreamy tone, always promising so well to the ear that a story delighteth. I remember, when I was a young man, I was very lonely indeed. I never had a sweetheart. I was always lame, my dear, from quite a boy, and the girls used to laugh at me. He sighed. Presently, he went on. And so I got into the way of mooning off by myself in lonely places, and one of my favorite walks was up through our churchyard, which was set high on a hill in the middle of the marsh country. 
I liked that because I never met anyone there. It's all over, years ago. I was a silly lad, but I couldn't bear of a summer evening to hear a rustle and a whisper from the other side of the hedge, or maybe a kiss as I went by. Well, I used to go and sit all by myself in the churchyard, which was always sweet with thyme and quite light on account of it being so high, long after the marshes were dark. I used to watch the bats flitting about in the red light and wonder why God didn't make everyone's legs straight and strong and wicked follies like that. But by the time the light was gone, I'd always worked it off, so to speak, and could go home quietly and say my prayers without any bitterness. Well, one hot night in August, when I had watched the sunset fade and the crescent moon grow golden, I was just stepping over the low stone wall of the churchyard when I heard a rustle behind me. I turned round, expecting it to be a rabbit or a bird. It was a woman. He looked at the portrait. So did I. Yes, he said. That was her very face. I was a bit scared and said something, I don't know what, and she laughed and said, Did I think she was a ghost? And I answered back, and I stayed talking to her over the churchyard wall till it was quite dark, and the glowworms were out in the wet grass all along the way home. Next night I saw her again, and the next night, and the next always at twilight time, and if I passed any lovers leaning on the stiles in the marshes, it was nothing to me now. Again my uncle paused. It's very long ago, he said slowly, and I'm an old man, but I know what youth means, and happiness, though I was always lame and the girls used to laugh at me. I don't know how long it went on. You don't measure time in dreams, but at last your grandfather said I looked as if I had set one foot in the grave, and he said he'd be sending me to stay with our kin at Bath and take the waters. I had to go. I could not tell my father why I would rather have died than go. What was her name, uncle? I asked. She never would tell me her name. And why should she? I had names enough in my heart to call her by. Marriage? My dear, even then I knew marriage was not for me. But I met her night after night, always in our churchyard where the yew trees were and the lichened gravestones. It was there we always met and always parted. The last time was the night before I went away. She was very sad and dearer than life itself. And she said, If you come back before the new moon, I shall meet you here just as usual. But if the new moon shines on this grave and you are not here, you will never see me again anymore. She laid her hand on the yellow lichened tomb against which she had been leaning. It was an old, weather-worn stone and bore on it the inscription, Susanna Kingsnorth, OB, 1713. I shall be here, I said. I mean it, she said with deep and sudden seriousness. It is no fancy. You will be here when the new moon shines? I promised, and after a while we parted. I had been with my kinsfolk at Bath nearly a month. I was to go home on the next day when, turning over a case in the parlor, I came upon that miniature. I could not speak for a minute. At last I said with dry tongue and heart beating to the tune of this heaven and hell, Who is this? That? said my aunt. 
Oh, she was betrothed to one of our family many years ago, but she died before the wedding. They say she was a bit of a witch. A handsome one, wasn't she? I looked again at the face, the lips, the eyes of my dear and lovely love, whom I was to meet tomorrow night when the new moon shone on that tomb in our churchyard. Did you say she was dead? I asked, and I hardly knew my own voice. Years and years ago, her name's on the back and her date. I took the portrait from its faded red velvet bed and read on the back, Susanna Kingsnorth, OB, 1713. That was in 1813. My uncle stopped short. What happened? I asked breathlessly. I believe I had a fit, my uncle answered slowly. At any rate, I was very ill. And you missed the new moon on the grave? And I missed the new moon on the grave. And you never saw her again? I never saw her again. But, uncle, do you really believe? Can the dead, what was she, did you? My uncle took out his pipe and filled it. It's a long time ago, he said. A many, many years. Old man's tales, my dear, old man's tales. Don't you take any notice of them. He lighted the pipe, puffed silently a moment or two, and then added, But I know what youth means, and happiness, though I was lame and the girls used to laugh at me. Thank you for listening to tonight's hair-raising tale. Please join us tomorrow for the next shocking short story in our 13 Nights of Halloween miniseries. This episode was produced by me, Jaden McKell. If you'd like to learn more about the sources used in this chilling account, please check our show notes or our website at straightupenigmas.home.blog. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.